for that. I'm going to be speaking to you tonight on the subject, the gift of praise. And I'm going to begin at the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. And I, I won't take too long, but I think everybody fought a good deal of traffic to get here tonight. So we're not going to just rush, rush, rush right through it. I uh, want to give you uh, what the Lord has put upon our heart. But Isaiah 61, we're going to read a few verses of scripture here. And I just want to help us by the hand of the Lord, by the will of God to have an understanding of this great gift called praise. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. This passage of scripture is a very special passage, uh, and probably primarily because of its very uh, powerful significance. Uh, we read it here in the book of Isaiah, the great words of the prophet Isaiah, and it is a beautiful passage to read. Uh, but perhaps we don't understand the full significance of it until Jesus stands up in the synagogue one day and, and begins to read it, and, and he reads from this passage, opens the scroll of Isaiah and begins to read these words. And as he reads these words, the Bible says that he shuts the book and makes an announcement and states to all that are listening, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. What a profound correlation between the passage we just read and the ministry of Jesus himself. When Isaiah spoke these words, when Isaiah wrote these words, he was not just saying and writing beautiful words. No, he was foretelling the ministry of Jesus Christ. And Jesus stood up on that day and said that the time has come for Isaiah 61 to come to pass. And so it's a beautiful passage for all those reasons. Of course, we know that any divine inspired word of God in the Old Testament, this was not written by the will of man. The prophecy was not given by private interpretation. The scriptures are not given by private interpretation. Prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And the 
uh, testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So everything that these Old Testament writers spoke was in some way or another foretelling Jesus Christ. That's a great understanding to have. And so Jesus lets us know this day. Now there were many things he did all throughout his ministry that fulfilled the writings of the Old Testament. But on that particular day, it was these words of the prophet Isaiah that were fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So we want to take a closer look at it. And, uh, of course, the first verse giving us the understanding of the fact that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon the Messiah. Because Jehovah has anointed Messiah, which that's what Messiah means, the anointed one. This was Jehovah in flesh. God manifest in human flesh. And he is anointed to preach good tidings unto the meek. And he is anointed and sent to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I want you to know that Jesus came to set you free. Regardless of what prison you may found, find yourself bound in, bound by, Jesus came to make you free. This is why if we will know the truth, the truth shall make us free. It will, it will absolutely make us free. And so this is what Jesus is explaining on that day. Thank you so much. That he has come to open the prison to them that are bound. He has come to proclaim liberty to the captive. And he has come to bind up the brokenhearted. That's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite parts of this passage because the brokenhearted is so shattered. The brokenhearted are so uh, fragmented and fractured. And the invisible, intangible pieces of their invisible heart are, are all in disarray. But Jesus the Christ is able to come and gather up all of those fragmented pieces and put them together as if they were put together by Gorilla Glue and then hold them together and bind up the brokenhearted and their heart is made whole by the ministry of Jesus Christ. How many have had him bind up your broken heart before? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you what, looking around this room, the joy of the Lord that is upon us, you would almost wonder if we'd ever been through anything. But because Jesus healed us so beautifully and so thoroughly, hallelujah, we stand here today like the three Hebrew children. You can't even smell the smoke upon us, but we sure did walk through the fire. Hallelujah. But he's a healer and he's a deliverer. And he binds up the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. And he'll set you free. I love the fact that when the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, the Bible says they walked through on dry ground. Amen. The water was, was on, uh, covering the ground. And then as soon as the water came up, they walked through on dry ground. That's the way God works. When God performs a miracle, you can't even tell there was water there. Hallelujah. It's dry. It's dry ground, and, and God's going to do that in your life if you'll let him. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, 
to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. And then I love these, these next few statements, and I really want to concentrate on, on them. To give unto them beauty for ashes. Ashes, of course, the evidence of something that has been completely destroyed, something that has been consumed and burned down. But, but he's going to take that and he's going to give to you in return beauty. He's going to give you beauty for ashes. You and I are going to have to understand what we bring to God and what he gives to us. We don't bring beauty to him. We bring ashes to him. He gives beauty to us. If there is any beauty connected to us, it is because of what God has given to us. Not because of what we have generated on our own. And we're going to have to get used to understanding that. That the beauty that we possess is not a beauty that we have self-generated, but it is a beauty that has come from the Lord. Praise God. Beauty for ashes. All I have to offer him, the songwriter said, is brokenness and strife. And yet he made something beautiful out of my life. And so we bring ashes, he gives beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. We have mourning and he brings the oil of joy and satisfies us and heals us and gives us joy in the place of our grief and our mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So all we have is the spirit of heaviness. And this is something that I feel uh, here tonight that the Lord would have us to understand. God wants to take off of us the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness. That heavy, weighty burden that rests on our shoulders, that sits in our mind, that nagging thought that you can't seem to shake. It's with you when you go to bed at night. Sometimes it lifts for a little while when you walk into the presence of God and you sing a few songs and you hear a sermon and you, you shake hands with a few people of like precious faith and for a little moment you get a reprieve, but, but it comes back to you and that thought weighs on you and it becomes a heaviness to you. And it can be grief. It can be fear. It can be regret. It can be a number and a variety of, of different spiritual things. And don't mistake, it is spiritual. That's why the Bible says it is the spirit of heaviness. These are burdens that the enemy tries to put upon you. But the scripture says that God is going to take from us the spirit of heaviness Oh, hallelujah. You know what I love about God? God, there's a lot I could say following that, that statement, but, but, but one of the things I want to point out is that God has such a beautiful relationship with us, and yet I just don't have anything to offer him like he offers me. And when I give him what I do have, it's like the best thing to him. He, he loves it when I bring what I do have. It's like when your little, your little baby brings to you what, whatever it is they have in their hand and it doesn't make any sense. It could be a coaster from the coffee table that you already own. 
And you just, oh, thank you, sweetheart. That's the nicest thing I've ever received. Because you have such love for that little baby. And that's the way God looks at us. You can bring whatever you have and give it to God. Don't try to trick him and make him think you're something you're not. You can't trick God. He already knows how broken you are, so bring your brokenness. He already knows how confused you are, so bring your confusion. He already knows what you're dealing with, so bring whatever it is that you're facing. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. He's going to take the heaviness that is upon you, and he's going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. We're going to get rid of that heaviness tonight in Jesus' name. We're going to get rid of that thing that's weighing on our mind and on our heart and our spirit. Shake off those heavy bands. Shake off that spirit of heaviness. Understand that God is on the throne. Understand that God saves and delivers to the uttermost. Understand that God is a healer. That God is a mighty fortress and he is a refuge and shelter. And he is our peace. And he is a very present help in the time of trouble. Woo. You've got a reason to shout tonight. You've got a reason to rejoice in the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And the way that God removes from us the spirit of heaviness is that he gives us the garment of praise. Praise is a gift from God. To be able to praise him is such a marvelous and wonderful gift. You know, we, we often say that uh, all God wants is your worship. Just worship him. Worship him. And we know that's true. And nobody would have any trouble with me saying, God wants you to praise him. But I, I think it's important that we understand something about that. God wanting us to praise him is not because God is seeking some validation for how good of a God he is. He knows how good of a God he is. If nobody ever praised him, he would know how good of a God he is. He doesn't need me to come up and say, God, you're so good. And then all of a sudden, God says, I am. Man, I really appreciate you saying that because I was really starting to wonder if I was good or not. And, and you saying, it, now I know how good I am. That's not why God wants us to praise him. God wants us to praise him because of what it does for us. It's a gift. Not to him, to us. Our praise is so broken. Even our praise is so, we, 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 when we say things, we don't even know the power of, of what to say and how to say it and how to describe it and how to articulate it. That's why, that's why when, when we begin to praise God, there will come a point in when you praise him effusively, when you praise him fervently, when you praise him with great uh, language and, and it's pouring out of you, there will come a point when you will run out of words and your language will change. And you will begin praising him in a language that is unknown to you 
and, and we call it an unknown tongue. The scripture calls it an unknown tongue or speaking in tongues. And it is because you, you literally do not have the words to describe how good God is. Go get, go get Roger's thesaurus. You still can't define how good God is. Bring Webster's Dictionary. You still won't be able to describe adequately how good God is. You can get whatever amount of words and combination of words. You can put prefix to suffix and root words, whatever you want to do. And you will never be able to describe the goodness and the glory and the greatness of Almighty God. 10,000 tongues cannot tell of His greatness. It will, it will, there, there literally comes a time when we praise him that we come to a point where our language stops and an unknown language starts and that is God giving us the utterance to speak a praise that only he can direct. And it is because we begin praising him for who he really is and he is the one in control of what is being said. And that too is a gift. It is the gift of praise that God gives us that actually lifts the spirit of heaviness off of us. So God's instruction to us to praise you, the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Praise him upon the organ. Praise him upon the stringed instruments. Praise him with the timbrel. Praise him in the dance. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's not God on an ego trip trying to get more praise. Give me more praise. No, I want more. No, that's not it. He's trying to take the spirit of heaviness off of you. And he knows that if you'll praise him, the heaviness will depart from you. If you're feeling down, I'm going to tell you how to, how to cure it. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're great. Nobody like you. Thank you, Jesus, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for starting me on my way. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. God, I give you praise. You better be careful where you do it. Hallelujah, because it'll get a hold of you. It's a, it's a gift from God to you, his child, to lift you up. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. The power of our praise is not in, our, in the emotion of our praise. It's not in the emotion of our praise. Now, we're going to get emotional. Somebody said amen. There's no way, two ways about it. You're going to get emotional. We're apostolic Pentecostal people. We worship God expressively. That's why it's no good for us to walk into the church and praise him like he didn't set us free. Every time we praise him, we need to praise him with a he brought me out kind of praise. None of this watering it down stuff where people walk in and they can't tell what kind of church this is. What kind of church is this? It's a sanctified church. It's a hand clapping, foot stomping. 
aisle running, Holy Ghost sanctified church. You ought to be able to tell by the way I praise him. He delivered me from depression. He broke the chains of bondage. He set my mind free. He took the spirit of heaviness off of me. He washed my sins away. Yes, he did. He washed my sins away. He put dancing in my feet. He put clapping in my hands. He put a song in my soul. Woo. Hallelujah. We are expressive when we praise the Lord. And somebody said, well, that's just a bunch of emotion. Well, it's not just a bunch of emotion. But there's a good bit of emotion in it. There's a good bit of emotion. And I'm going to tell you why. It's very simple. Here's why there's emotion in it. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's just a bunch of emotion because the anointing is there too. But, but I'm going to tell you with or without the anointing, I don't have to feel nothing when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, hallelujah, something begins to well up inside of me and my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. So I make no apologies. Yeah, there is a good bit of emotion. We do cry sometimes when we're happy. We do laugh sometimes when we're sad because God has been good to us. Hallelujah. But the power of our praise is not in our emotion. The power of our praise is in the truth we declare about God. Like I said, there's going to be emotion. If you start declaring truth about him, you're going to get emotion. You try, you, you spend, when you leave here tonight, don't do it now, we'll never get the service back, but, but when you leave here tonight, just, just do a little experiment and say, Lord, you've been good to me. Lord, you kept me when I couldn't keep myself. Lord, when I was trying to turn away, you kept me. Hallelujah. When I didn't, when I was trying not to serve you, you still kept me. You watched over me. When I wasn't following you, you followed me. You've been merciful to me. You've been kind and compassionate. Oh, I, I need to keep going, but folks, I'm enjoying praising him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So yeah, you're going to get emotional, but the actual power of praise is found not merely in the emotion, but in the truth you declare about God. It's, it's in the actual declaration of what you're saying about God. So... And here's what, here's what happens. The, the spirit of heaviness, the Bible talks about the spirit of fear. There are various, there are spirits out there that begin to weigh on you, that begin to antagonize you, that start to wage war against you. And, and here's what they do. They 
posture themselves to such a degree that they're looking down on you. And so, like any warring party, they seek the high ground. The high ground gives you an advantage over your enemy. So they seek the high ground. This is why Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Because the spiritual wickedness out there and the spirit of heaviness is spiritual wickedness. The spirit of fear is spiritual wickedness. These things of a spiritual wicked nature are in high places on purpose. They position themselves to have an advantage over you. And then Paul said to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we are to cast down imaginations and to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And it says to bring every high thing into captivity. So again, it's a high thing exalting itself against the knowledge of God. So when we praise the Lord, have you ever heard someone say, lift him up? Anybody ever heard a preacher or a worship leader, somebody singing, leading the church in songs, they might say, go ahead and lift him up right now. Anybody ever heard that before? It's one of those it's one of those little things we say that gets into our lexicon and we sometimes forget about what it means. And, and we shouldn't forget about what it means. We are to lift him up. What does that mean? That means we are lifting him higher. Higher than what? Higher than the spirit of fear. Higher than the spirit of heaviness. Higher than depression. Hallelujah. You know what? I was... I was I was sharing this one time, and I, I made this statement. I said, higher than my depression. And the Lord checked me and said, don't claim that as belonging to you. Let it go. Get rid of it. It's not yours. So it's just depression. It's not my depression. And it's not your depression. It's just, it's, a, it's not your heaviness. It's not my heaviness. It's not your fear. It's not my fear. It's, it doesn't belong to me. I don't claim it. It has no authority over me. It's not a part of my mind. It's not a part of my life. And when I praise the Lord, I'm lifting Jesus higher than all of these high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I'm, I'm lifting these things, the Lord Jesus, higher than the spiritual wickedness that is in high places. Hallelujah. The more I praise him, the higher he goes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You know, I think we, I think we need to pay more attention to what we say when we praise him. Let's be intentional about what we say. Get, just get uh, uh, verbose with it. Hallelujah. Get, get loquacious with it. Become magniloquent in the way that you depict and describe the goodness and the greatness of God. Lift him up higher and higher. Talk about his blood. 
Talk about the power of his blood. Talk about the efficacy of his blood. Talk about the fact that he is the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. Talk about the fact that he took my place. Talk about the fact that he saved my soul. Talk about the fact, hallelujah, that he has power over every sickness, over every disease, over every potential mutation of any virus anywhere. I'm going to lift him higher and higher and higher. I'm going to lift him so high that he is the most high. Oh, I know he's the most high, but is he the most high in your mind? What is the most high in your mind? What have you exalted to the position of most high? Use the gift of praise to put God in the right position in your mind. Put him above heaviness, fear, worry, dread, regret, condemnation. Just keep lifting him up. And with every word of praise, he's passing up all of those ungodly spiritual voices. Hallelujah. Lift him up higher. Come on, lift him up higher. Higher and higher he goes. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Until he is the most high. It's kind of like getting into an elevator. When you get into the elevator and uh, there's 30 floors, you're on floor one, you push floor 30. And the elevator ascends. Hallelujah. Here's the beautiful thing about being in Christ. When you lift him up, you go up too. See, I, I, it's, not, it's not me ascending, it's the elevator ascending. All I did was push the button. Boop. And when I push that button, the elevator starts rising. And when I praise him, he starts rising. Rising above floor five and beyond floor seven and beyond floor nine and 10 and 12 and 15 and 19 and 23 and four and 27 and 28 until he is the most high. And when he gets to that position, I walk out of the elevator and now I'm looking down on things that used to look down on me. That's what praise will do for you. I said, that's what praise will do for you. Praise will put you in a position of looking down on the things that used to look down on you. God will give you such victory over fear that when fear comes along, you'll say, wait a minute, I know who you are. I had the victory over you. Hallelujah. The Lord has put you under my feet. When worry comes around, you can say, I have victory over you. The Lord has put you under my feet. Hallelujah. Psalm 30 and verse 1. I will extol thee, O Lord. That extolling of the Lord means lifting him up. It actually means heaving. It's like this kind of a praise. I mean, you just, like, taking a, like taking a softball and... Throwing it up as high as you can. 
Hallelujah. I wish somebody would just heave him a praise. Hallelujah. Grab some more and heave some more praise. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all the honor and the glory. Oh, I feel like preaching to you right now. I would to God that we would give him a prophetic praise. Don't make me talk about a prophetic praise. When you start praising him for the things he's about to do that maybe you haven't seen him do yet, but he's going to do it. Lord, I thank you for that blessing. I thank you for blessing my children. I thank you for healing my home. I thank you for watching over my marriage. I thank you, God, for your goodness in my life. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, you need to heave a prophetic praise. Woo. Glory. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made any foes to rejoice over me. Verse 4, sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Hallelujah. I, I, I would to God we praised him like David praised him. And David hadn't even received the Holy Ghost. We should praise him to a greater degree than David praised him. You know, you, you, you should go read those Psalms again. And read how he praised the Lord. God, David praising God. It, it wasn't just a, 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 just a whispered praise or a, just a breathed praise. No, when he praised him, it was an event. He, he, put, he wrote his praises down. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's not to say you shouldn't whisper praise. You ought to whisper praise, breathe a praise, shout a praise, dance a praise, play an instrument a praise. Preach a praise, run a praise, hallelujah, dance a praise. You, but, but, but David, when he praised God, he wrote it down and he would, he would just let all of it come out into the parchment that he wrote upon. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness, for his anger endureth but a moment. Hallelujah. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, my God, have mercy. Joy, joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity, my God, have mercy. I said, I shall never be moved. We need to start speaking in our prosperity. Prophesy in your prosperity. Don't, don't let the influence of your, of, of the heaviness influence what you say about God. Prophesy in your prosperity. I shall never be moved. I shall never be moved. In my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Hallelujah. Verse number seven. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy safe, thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. 
extol him. Lift him up. He heard my cry. From a horrible pit I cried unto him. And he heard my cry. I shall never be moved. Weeping endures for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. His anger endures but a brief moment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 61 describes the giving of, of beauty for ashes and the giving of oil of joy for mourning and giving the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And notice what it says in verse 4 or verse, verse 3, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That is significant because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that everything the Father has not planted shall be plucked up. That's Matthew 15, 13. Everything the Father hath not planted shall be plucked up. The antithesis is also true. That whatever he plants will never be plucked up. Hallelujah. You know why God's giving you the oil of joy for mourning? And beauty for ashes? And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? He is planting something in you that can never be plucked up. Hallelujah. My God. That's why you can go through things and, and, and walk into this house like you didn't go through it and lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting and magnify the God of your salvation and worship Him. And the more you go through, the more you praise Him because He's planted something in you that tragedy can't pluck up. He's planted something in you that adversity can't pluck up. He's planted something in you that the devil can't pluck up. He's planted something in you that disease can't pluck up. You are the tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. And let me tell you what these kind of people can do. Verse number four. They shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities. The desolation of many generations. Yeah. That's who you are. Because of the gift of praise. Praisers can raise up the desolation of many generations. Worshippers, hallelujah, can repair the wasted cities. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Those who praise Him in the good times and in the bad times. Those who worship Him regardless of how they feel. Just because he's worthy, hallelujah, to be praised. They will be able to raise up the former desolations and build up the old wastes. Yeah, that's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Notice he didn't say his praise shall continually be in my emotions. His praise shall continually be in my feelings. No, he said his praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
Regardless of where my feelings are, Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're mighty. Lord, there's nobody like you. Hallelujah. I will sing unto you a new song. I will exalt you and extol you. You are worthy to be praised. You are higher than addiction. You are higher than heaviness. You are higher than fear. You are higher than loneliness. You are higher. You are the most high God. There is none like unto you, O Lord. You praise him like that, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to raise up things that died years ago. You praise him like that, and you're going to resurrect some things that were lost long ago because you're a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. I wonder if somebody could do it right now. Just open up your mouth and begin to praise him for who he is. Simply because he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody stand to your feet right now and lift up a praise unto God. Come on, somebody stand to your feet and heave. Heave a praise unto God. Hallelujah. Heave worship unto him. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I want you to know something tonight. He's worthy. He's worthy. I, I, listen, I know we praise him because he's powerful. But we don't just praise him because he's powerful. We praise him too because he's worthy. He's worthy to receive glory. Worthy to receive honor. Do you know what the book of Revelation says? It said that there'll be 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying, Worthy is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you exactly why we worship God like we do. Because God became a man. Hatabokoshah. And delivered us from the death we could not deliver ourselves from. Hallelujah. Because God, hallelujah, took upon himself the form of man. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full in grace and truth. Even as one man's sin brought death, another man's sin brought righteousness. That's why we praise him. He's worthy to be praised. I said he's worthy to be praised. He's not just worthy because he has all power. He's worthy because he used all that power to redeem our life from destruction. We're not worshiping a God who didn't do anything for us. He brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah. I know it's Wednesday night, but I would to God that somebody would praise him like he shed his precious blood for you. I know it's midweek, but I would to God that somebody would praise him like he came up out of the grave. 
Hallelujah. I would to God that somebody would praise him. I love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody help me praise him right now. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I can already feel the spirit of heaviness coming off of me. Some of you walked in here with the spirit of heaviness, and God's lifting it off of you right now with the gift of praise. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and praise him. He's going to lift that loneliness off of you right now. He's going to begin to minister to that grief. He's going to give you the oil of joy for mourning. He's going to give you beauty for ashes. I want somebody carrying a heavy weight. I want you to come right now and come down rejoicing in the God of your salvation. I need some folks carrying a heavy burden right now to bring it to Jesus with rejoicing. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Let the ransom to the Lord come with everlasting joy upon their heads. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are my everything. I will adore you. Who was and is. That's it. Go ahead and praise him. and is and is to come.
Oh, something's happening right now. Something's happening right now. There's a burden lifting off of you. Thank you. 